This is the Forge Your Life podcast, the podcast to help you smash into purpose, wealth, health, and relationships with your host, Richard Fu. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Forge Your Life podcast. Here with your host, Richard Fu from richardfu.com. And today, guys, I have an awesome friend on here because, you know, when I first got introduced to this guy, I was just blown away by how much he wants to give, how much he has within himself that is always just giving and always looking to help. And, and that, uh, that's something I admire of any person. And this guy, Dan Cushel, he is a husband, he's a dad, he's an entrepreneur, and he's an angel investor. And, and that's only just a few of the things that he is. Now, he's built 11 companies, built millions of dollars in. He's been featured in so many social media, and not only just social media, but traditional media outlets like NBC, like ESPN, tons, History Channel even. And I'm just like sitting here looking at him like, what? History Channel? And he's not only that, he's now also part of Joe Polish's Genius Network, helping the marketing side on that side. And, you know, if you haven't heard about the Genius Network, you got to check it out because they just bring in the biggest names like Tony Robbins and just so many other stars to help their network grow this mastermind. I'm not going to steal the show here, guys. I'm going to throw him in. I'm going to bring him in on the show. Guys, please welcome Dan to the show. Dan, good to have you on, mate. Richard, it's awesome to be with you, my friend. It's, uh, I'm grateful and I'm looking forward to today. Oh, uh, man, I'm excited. I'm excited when we get to catch up in person as well, man, when I come over to Phoenix as well. So, yes. Dan, for the people who haven't heard about you or seen you on any of those media outlets yet, right? could you give us a bit of a background into how you got to where you're at and you know, how do you help people? Yeah, it's a great question. So the short version is, Richard, you know, I started uh, as a kid. My dream was actually to get out of the inner city. I grew up in the inner city of Detroit. I thought the way out of that was going to be sports. Baseball was that solution at that time. <laughs> and then uh, either lack of talent or injuries or a little bit of both <laughs> dictated that journey. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, I, I love the game, so I ended up coaching college athletes on a wow. summer uh, all-star team, which was a lot of fun. Uh, however... It was around that time I got introduced to direct response marketing. Mm-hmm. And I fell in love with the idea, Richard, of how you could take words, put them in print, put it in the mail, and then people would respond and actually respond by calling and want, wanting to pay you and like give you money. <laughs> and so I became a student of this psychology. And you know, really, I, I would say that's a way to describe my fascination. You talk about systematization to freedom, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Well, my, my model today is about growth to yeah. freedom. Yeah. And, you know, I have a show called Growth to Freedom as well. And so uh, for me, Richard, it's been this journey to grow. I built, as you mentioned, 11 companies. But, you know, I've had some ups. I've had some downs. You know, I've been through things like bankruptcy and divorce. And, you know, I had a serious health issue, you know, in the uh, you know, early mid, mid 2000s that really changed my perspective on on building a business and, and actually doing it in a healthy way. I think, you know, one of my favorite quotes from Dan Sullivan is that success traps are harder to get out of than failure traps, right? <laughs> and I know what you do. You teach people how to get out of the traps as a business owner. Yeah. However, the reality is traps don't go away. They just change, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> grow and grow and grow. They're just different traps. And so, for me, I had I found myself boxed into some success traps. You know, part of that is my own limiting beliefs and false beliefs, and that's one of the biggest things that all of us have to get through. And I know you do a great job of helping people break through those false and limiting beliefs with the work that you do. And you know, fast forward to today, 
you know, if someone were to say, well, Dan, what do you do? Uh, what, what is it you stand for? For me, I help uh, small business owners and entrepreneurs, Richard, create and advance momentum. It's what I love to do. I help building, growing, scaling uh, companies, driving leads, driving sales, driving profitabilities. Typically, transformation happens in those areas uh, where we work together. Mm -hmm. And what it really allows a business owner to do, as you know, because you do this, this too, is it helps someone to have a bigger impact, a, a yeah. bigger reach, uh, and bigger contribution. And it starts with home because one of the success traps I had when I was building and growing my companies is sacrificing family time. There's nothing like looking at your daughter and saying, oh, honey, I've got to work instead of go to your dance recital or your son going you know, to a martial arts contest or a, a tournament and having to say, well, dad, dad's got to work because I'm building this for us. And, you know, what I found is, you know, you can have excuses hmm. or you can have results. Yeah, yeah. And it took a... Uh, a health issue, a health scare, Richard, that maybe we'll talk about through the course of our conversation today that changed my perspective on all of it and really got me to hone in on what my success traps were and how to break through even those to get to the next level. Wow, Dan, I love it. I love it. And I'm sitting here and I'm like peaking with interest here. Right? I'm like, and I'm sure for the people who are listening here, they, they haven't heard of this idea of success traps. And you're talking about the difference between a failure trap and a success trap and how being in a success trap is harder to get out of. How do we define what is the difference between these traps and, and what do you mean by what, what it takes to be, it, it, it makes it harder to get out of a success trap? Yeah, and that, this is a, a quote from Dan Sullivan, by the way. He's one of our yeah. Genius Network members. He also runs Strategic Coach, uh, one of the most successful coaching organizations. I believe he's coached more entrepreneurs than anybody in North America. Hmm. And, you know, as you start building this journey, first of all, we all have a different level of uh, or a different definition of success. Like Richard, if I asked you, what is your truest definition of success for you? Well, Ooh, yeah, good question. I mean, let me have a think about it. For me, Dan, it's really about time freedom, right? Mm. That's what success looks like to me. I have the choice and the time to do whatever I want, whether it's be with family, go travel, go have chats like this with yourself, right? But it's about that option to have time. Yeah. Mm. And you know, if we asked 100 people that question, if, if they were real about it, like you just were, authentic and real about it, all the definitions would be different, yes. right? Yes. So, you know, one of the mis misnomers, one of the false beliefs, I think, in success is that it's a one-size-fits-all model. Yes. And it isn't. And it starts with, like, what is, you know, success, you know, at, at the core. Mm. And so... For me, I had chased, you know, the, the harder I chased opportunity or money, the further away it seemed to get, right? Mm. So that's a trap. But, you know, on the outside looking in, we can look at that and go, oh, my gosh, this person is so successful, yeah. right? But on the inside, you know, you know, they're tormented, they're disturbed, they're distressed, they're caving in, they, they're isolated, mm. right? Yeah, and yeah. so it's about the holistic. I don't believe in balance. Like well, another great <laughs> lie and, and that I just find a lot of flaws in. And I'm not saying that it's wrong by any, just for me, it doesn't serve me anymore. Mm -hmm. Is that this idea of balance? I think balance is BS, right? If you want to mm -hmm. be great at something, you're going to be uh, obsessed in certain areas of your life compared to others, right? Mm -hmm. And so what that means is you're going to be off kilter at times. You're not going to be that perfectly round wheel. Uh, but the key is, is to identify where we're distorted in certain areas, right, or dysfunctional in certain areas, and counter, uh, work to counterbalance that 
to make sure to bring better function to it. Like, you know, I think of athletes, like right now at the time of this show, you know, LeBron James is arguably the greatest basketball player in, in the NBA, yeah. right? For him to be that, he's got to be completely dysfunctional and mm. not completely balanced in his life. But there are things he'll do in the offseason to kind of make up for some of that, you know, obsession to be the greatest in the world, right? Mm-hmm. And so awareness, I think, is one of the biggest things that I think for me transformed my success. You know, when I, you know, imagine, Richard, you know, imagine you've built X number of companies and you were building success and suddenly your company started to grow and you started to catch momentum. Yep. And suddenly you had 175 team members, employees in, in a couple offices that you were running. And imagine that uh, you were doing, you know, well over a couple million dollars a month in revenue and high net profit. Mm-hmm. And then one day you woke up, you had a two-year-old daughter and a son that was just born, right? So mm-hmm. imagine all that. Yeah, yeah. And then imagine you woke up uh, with chest pains mm-hmm. and chest tightness. Mm-hmm. And so as a precaution, because you have your, you know, you have your doctor's number on your cell phone. So you pick up the phone, you call your doctor direct and say, Hey, I'm feeling some tightness or whatever in my chest. What should I do? And he says, well, as a precaution, why don't you get yourself to the hospital? Mm-hmm. So you drive yourself down the road, a couple miles away to the hospital. You get out, you go into the hospital just as a precaution. You sit down and you say, you know, I've got a little bit of tightness because you know that you don't want to use the words pain in the chest, right? Mm-hmm. And even, regardless, they put you know, some diodes on you, do a couple measurements, and next thing you know, all hell breaks loose, right? You're on a gurney, you've got diodes going all over your body, everybody seems to be in a panic and an uproar, imagine that, Mm -hmm. right? And then imagine through the course of that, you don't just get admitted, you end up having to stay for four days, you have to have a a surgery, a procedure done, and you sign a disclaimer, it says you have a one in X chance of dying on the table, right? Yeah. Now, I share this story because it's what happened to me, hmm. and it was the wake-up call, and at the time, it was pretty tragic, and I remember on the second night when I had to sign this, maybe it was the third night, I signed the disclaimer, it was the night before the surgery, and I was kind of crying and sobbing like a baby, writing what I thought might be my last will to my wife at wow. the time. Yeah. And it was a very scary time. And I went through all kinds of emotions, all in like a compressed collapse time yeah. frame, right? And, you know, it, that was a wake-up call. And I remember, you know, having feelings of being a victim and like, why did I do this to myself? And, mm-hmm. and then I got to the other side of it after hours. And I was like, when I come out of this, God, you know, just give me this chance and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it right, yeah. right? And I'm going to make some shifts, some serious shifts. So for me, what shifted Richard was you know what you can be obsessed but you can be healthy too because I had done it you know I had the mentality of hustle at all costs I had the mentality you know my mentor when I was in my late teens he taught me Richard he said you know you can work or you can uh, sleep when you're dead (laughs) yep yep. I was trying to take him up on that like literally Uh right in my 30s and, you know, I was working, you know, 16, 18, 20 hour days. I was sleeping on average for a decade straight, about two to four hours a day because of the hustle, right? In my thirties, twenties and thirties, I thought I was invincible, but the reality is that it does take its toll, hmm. right? And I wasn't aware enough to get the other things counterbalanced, call it in an off season or off time. I didn't create off time. I just had one, I, my, my current wife still says this. 
Mm-hmm. Everybody that's around me knows this. Everybody in Genius Network knows this about. I have one speed. <laughs> Maximum. That's it. I've got one. Yeah, so yeah. I have to be aware of like, okay, what are the you know rituals and habits? And I know you talk a lot about that too, mm. to protect me from me, because <laughs> <laughs> otherwise I would I would be a mess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so when I came out of this, one of the first things I did is a learning lesson is I, uh, I hired a coach, another mm-hmm. coach. I've had coaches ever since I was in my teens mm-hmm. uh, in sports or business or otherwise. And I hired a coach. I found a, a, a coach. Her name is Dr. Christy Lopez. I still work with her today. And she's an amazing human being. She took me through a process, and I'm going to shorten it down, but there's three yeah. key things that for me and for you as you're listening or you're watching right now that I encourage you to write this down. This will change your, your focus, it'll change the direction of your life. So number one is, uh, what do I want? And you mm. got to get selfish about this. It's okay to be selfish. Being selfish means you can be selfless. I mean, if you're, uh, you, you, you can't save a drowning person if you don't have a life preserver yourself, if you're not breathing. You know, it's like being in an airplane and they say, make sure to put the oxygen ma- mask on first before attending you know, to someone else. So you got to put the oxygen on first. So what do you want? What do I want? answering it in the first person. And I remember, Richard, the first time I went through that process, I wrote down like one answer or two answers, and then I had to set my pen down, and I couldn't think about it. Because I had been so, um, what's the word, Um, um, codependent. Uh I had made the decisions based on what I felt my employees wanted, what my wife wanted, what my kids wanted, what everybody else wanted, really, but me when it really came down to it. And so that was a flip for me is what do I want, right? Yeah. Numbered, and that partially ties into our I- introduction here and in our beginning of what is success to you, right? Yeah, yeah. But what do I want? Number two is who am I? Not the labels and all the titles of CEO and angel investor and even dad. And mm-hmm. but who are we at the core? Like what are the human being, not human doing things, the human being things you know, the characteristics, the qualities that we live with and and that we cherish in in the people we interact with and the things we represent. So what do I want? Who am I? And then lastly, the third question is, what do I stand for? These are the values. Like one of the things I'm really proud of, Richard, is, you know, they say great companies build around great values, which is a great exercise to do. Well, what if you could take that same exercise and take it to your family, (laughs) your personal life? So, like my kids today are 11 and 9 years old. If you walked up to them even today and said, hey, uh, uh, Kira, Kyler, what are the Kushel values? They would immediately turn to you and they'd go, champion. <laughs> Which is the C, H, help, action, mastery, purpose, invest in yourself, opportunity seeker, and never quit on you. Champion. <laughs> Love right? it, man. Awesome. And that's the core of like what, what we stand for, our core values. So as you're, you're listening or as you're watching, what do you want? Who are you, the characteristics, and what do you stand for in, in terms of values? When you can get it right at home, I believe leadership is simply as leadership does. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's not demonstrated at home. It isn't going to be demonstrated well for very long in a company. So in other words, what you do at home, who you are at home, who you are in your alone time will transcend into your business one way or another. So that was the transformation for me that really made the difference. And ultimately it led me, Richard, to selling my companies. And I was blessed to be able to do that and sell a couple of my companies and, you know, have that good fortune. 
and I was able to take some time. I worked on my health. I've lost about 70 pounds since, you know, I'm down to a weight I was at in high school, Ah. right? I'm grateful for that. I was 70 pounds heavier than this right now. Hmm. And uh, I was also able to spend more time being a dad and really present with my kids. And then uh, I was able to really identify, like, what do I really want to do? Who do, or Dan Sullivan question, who do I want to be a hero to? And I'm Um, blessed and grateful that I get to work with Genius Network. I have other projects too, but I work with Genius Network as a core focus. Mm. And it's a blast because we get to work with some of the greatest entrepreneurs in the world, some of which you've mentioned and we're talking about tonight. Mm. Um, And uh, be able to help Joe's vision with Genius Network is to reduce suffering for entrepreneurs. And I really love that idea and being able to help support that. Oh, Dan, I mean, wow, I just got to give that space and some time to absorb it. It's like, whoa, there's so much awesome information there, so much wisdom in there. And you know, I love that you said that, you know, how you, it's, it's like the saying that Harvick has taught, taught me, right? It's like, you know, how you do anything is how you do everything. So yes. what you're saying is like, if you're not living with your values at home, you're not going to be doing that in your leadership role. You're not going to be doing that in your company, in your business. And yes. I want to know this here, Dan. I want to know, like, you know, you went through that journey where you had that health scare, right? And I'm guessing the scare is like, you know, dumbing it down, right? <laughs> dumbing it down, right? Because it sounds a little bit more serious than just a little scare, right? But, yeah. you know, going through that journey and, you know, you said you went through this, this cycle, this emotional cycle. And I want, to, I want to dig into that because I don't think a lot of people understand that this cycle exists and sometimes we get stuck at point in this cycle, we fall into these little traps in this emotional cycle. And so I love to understand, like, you know, when those times where you're beating yourself up, you're saying, you know, how did I get myself here? How come I let myself, you know, be here? Why did I do something else? Like you're basically being, being the crap out of yourself. And what's the trigger, right? What's the trigger that got you out of that and started you swinging into the up, upward momentum so that you wouldn't seep back down into the hole? Well, I think number one, it was having a support team, right? Mm-hmm. And having a coach to help give me some guidance because like you brought up, I mean, I still battle this today. I'm not, I'm not perfect at it. I still beat myself up mm-hmm. at times, right? And it's just one of my things that I'm working through and working on regularly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have a support team that helps, you know, me see the forest through the trees, yeah. right? Yeah. And the other part is I think sports taught me a lot because, you know, you don't really get too low and you don't get too high, mm-hmm. right? And that, that's been a really grounding place to just be able to think. And you, you brought it up. Let's create a little bit of space. Because mm-hmm. even just saying, let's create a little bit of space here, just that thought helps lower the noise, lower the friction, lower the pressure, lower the angst that might be around or surround something. So that was an, another way to, to view it. The other part is, uh, thankfully, I'd been introduced to a book in, in high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, who, who knew that this would ever <laughs> have any relevance in business, especially? And it was a book called Death and Dying by Kubla Ross. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It basically talks about the stages of dying, actually, and the stages of loss. So for me, for most of my young life, I suppressed a lot of my emotions. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, I had a sports football mentality, pain doesn't hurt, and you know what, just play through it and grind and, you know, you know what, what have you. And that's not healthy, hmm. but there is a little bit to learn about how to compartmentalize and, again, not to get too high and not to get too low. So my coach, Christy Lopez, Dr. Lopez, she taught hmm. me to, to embrace emotional ups and downs. 
Mm. And first of all, to realize whatever emotion you're feeling, it's okay. Mm -hmm. If you're angry, it's okay. But like you said, it's allow it to create some space. Recognize, so it's almost like standing three feet away from yourself and looking at your anger and then going, okay, okay, you're angry. Mm-hmm. Be okay with that. So creating that space is a, is a very healthy thing to do. Or it could be happiness, or it could be fulfillment, it could be joy, it could be any emotion, is be okay with it in that moment, right? Yeah. Uh, and then realize that there are normal ebbs and flows that we have when we gain something or when we lose it, and it was discussed in, in the book Kubura. So let me walk through it. So there's mm-hmm. one of the first emotions that we deal with in these things is denial. Yeah. Then there's anger. Then there's bargaining. Then there's depression, right? Mm-hmm. Then there's anxiety, and then there's response. The acronym is DABDAR, D-A-B-D-A-R. So denial, anger, bargaining, uh, depression, anxiety, and, and your response from it, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, and, I, and I actually, I think the A is incorrect. It's acceptance, then response. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. So, so what happens is you kind of, I went through all of those emotions in that uh, hospital room, that night (laughs) to ultimately come up with acceptance of it and then move on and and create space as you call it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. response. Uh, So that, that's another thing is again, awareness, you know, I've, I've discovered, not that I discovered it like I'm like Christopher Columbus discovering America or not really. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's the idea that, you know, we, we are impacted by our lack of awareness or our awareness. And awareness many times is the answer to just about any issue we would want to have solved. Hmm. As you mentioned, create the space, make ourselves aware of it. What are we feeling? It's okay. Then, then you can move forward Mm -hmm. or step back. If you need to step back, if that's the appropriate way for you to deal with it. So so those are a couple of ways that I, that I view it. Yeah. Interesting, Dan, man. This is such a good conversation. And another question popped up to my mind. So let's go back in time. You've, you've beaten the, the health scare. You've, you've recovered. And then, you know, I mean, it's easy for a lot of people to say, look, obviously this is because I didn't do, oh, I lived my business life this way, right? And was there a moment where you like, I don't want to do business anymore, right? Because if I do, and maybe this is all you knew at that time, but if I do, then it's just going to mean I'm going to go back to where I was, right? And, and I want to understand, like, what shifted there for you? And, and, you know, if people are in that zone, I mean, how can they shift their own belief of what just happened in the past that's going to, and then if you do the same, if you follow the same path, that the result will be different. Yeah, so that, that's a great question. I, what I think of when you ask that question, it comes down to conditioning, right? It's just yeah. like when we go to the gym, right? If I do uh, bicep curls, mm-hmm. right, at a certain weight every single day for a year, mm-hmm. right, to think that there might be a different way, a more effective way to build bicep, mm-hmm. I might have to break, break out of my pattern, right, of yeah. conditioning. Yeah. So we have to, you know, Joe Polish regularly talks about this ingenious network with our high-level clients, which is unlearning many times is more important than learning, <laughs> right? Yep. Or reconditioning is more important than conditioning, yep. right? So we've got to be willing to break old patterns, limiting beliefs to ultimately get the new habit, the new ritual, the new framework that, that might serve us better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so for me... I did struggle with like what is the healthy way because I only I still only know one one speed I really yeah, do it's yeah. full speed 
I only know one way to play. Play the game, and that's full-on leave it all out in the field, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What I have done is created the, the healthy uh, boundaries and rituals for me that serve me. Now, my rituals and boundaries may not serve you exactly. You may have to come up with your version. Mm -hmm. So, but if you can imagine working, you know, 18 to 20 hours in a day and your team, your executive leadership team would turn to you and go, you're superhuman, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Because you'd be the last one to go to bed and mm -hmm. you'd be the first one up in the morning to go exercise, work out, and then start your day and then do that for 10 years kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And that takes its toll, right? So everything has a consequence. Good habits have consequences. Bad habits have consequences. And they can be good consequences or they can be bad. And we just have to understand what are those things. Like in Genius Network, we talk about that your to-do list is important. But identifying your not-to-do list and your not-now list are more important mm -hmm. many times. Not always. And that, you know, we, most of us don't need new ideas or new rituals or new habits, right? We need elegant ideas or elegant habits or elegant rituals. Because one, Joe, Joe calls it one elegant idea, Richard, is worth more than a thousand semi-good ideas, right? Mm -hmm. So for me, what I had to break out of was this workaholic mentality. And I still deal with it. My wife, like, it, it's still, you know, she has to, she is a great support. I asked, I've asked, that's the other thing. I had a hard time, I still do frankly, asking for help. Yeah. Right. I want to take it, take it on myself, solve the problem myself. You know, many times a lone wolf, an entrepreneur, the, 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 uh, the black sheep, right? Yeah. A solopreneur. <laughs> well, well, the rugged individualist in us will want to conquer those obstacles ourselves and be proud of it because they were achievement driven people. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, uh, so my wife, I've asked her for help and say, look, if, if I'm getting to a point where I'm burning it too hard, Remind me, you know, so they're typically most days, 9 p.m. here on the West Coast, where mm -hmm. we're at, if she sees that I'm working that late, she starts to nudge me and say, hey, just want to make you aware it's 9 o'clock. Now, there are times that I work beyond 9 o'clock at night, mm -hmm. but it's few and far between, whereas I used to work till 2, 3, 4 in the morning and not and wake up like at 6 in the morning, like two, <laughs> two hours later, like, and not even think about it. And I did that day in and day out for weeks on end. Mm, right? mm. So it's breaking old workaholism pattern. You know, Joe Polish calls workaholism the respectable addiction. <laughs> <laughs> and it is for entrepreneurs. So mm -hmm. uh, it's unlearning. It's, um, it's breaking some of these old habits. If I had to pick the one, it would be breaking that one of the workaholism. Yeah. And part of that is then dealing with the real feelings surrounding. I felt guilty if I didn't work. Yeah, so talk us through that. I mean, like, talk us through how you get over that guilty feeling, man. It's like, ah, no, I'm relaxed on the beach, but I could be doing this. Yes, and it's not easy. I don't claim to have perfected it. I feel I've got a good grasp of maybe a lot of growth around it. So mm. there are a couple of things that I, I do. So I wake up most mornings around 5-ish or so, mm. between 5 and 5.30 in the morning. I immediately hit the workout and gym, right? Mm. And, um, you know, I usually do anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour and 10 minutes of, of exercise, uh, followed by some writing in my journal, right, uh, which for me is part of my meditation process, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so that, that ritual in the morning, most people would go, well, that's a lot of work you're doing in the morning, and it is, mm -hmm. right? 
but that creates space for me. And to, you know, many times I'm listening to podcasts while I'm working out or watching, you know, courses online or whatever it might be while I'm doing these things. And for me, I have an accelerated learning pattern or ritual built. And then I get usually then we'll make breakfast for my kids. We'll do that together when we're together. We, I split time with my ex-wife. Mm-hmm. And then I, I head off to the office. And then I get the day, day rolling. Then the middle part of the day, you know, is, is the work hours. And, you know, Dan Sullivan has it broken up in the entrepreneurial time system of free days, focus days, and buffer days. Mm-hmm. I'm still working to have more f- free days in, in this mm-hmm. model, yeah. right? I've gotten a lot better at it today, Richard, than it used to be. Right, but most of my days are are focus days and buffer days uh, time. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. Uh, so the middle day is a lot of the work stuff, and then the end of the day is important for me to cap it off. I like bookending my day with things that serve me as a human being, versus in the middle with work and business and stuff as human doing stuff. Mm-hmm. The human being stuff is I'm taking care of my health. I'm working on my mindset. I'm working on basically meditation or gratitude, right, in the beginning. So that starts the day off just right. And then I end the day typically with the exercise of asking a series of questions either to my wife, my kids, or all, which are based on these five, which is what am I grateful for right now? What am I happy about right now? What have I done well today? What mistakes did I make and what did I learn from it, right? And when you bookend your day this way, with that type of reflection, for me anyway, not to say that this is the perfect system for everyone, I have found that that serves me really, really well. Uh, It allows me to sleep better at night because, you know, maybe like most many entrepreneurs, uh, I have a busy brain too. (laughs) And this has a calming impact for me Mm -hmm, to just calm me down and and kind of sit into and, and, and get into a state almost like meditation uh, to a degree and probably is meditation um, in reality <laughs> yeah yeah because of just that that reflection so those, those are a few things that uh, i've done to you know a identify it but b then also have a a, a formula a framework mm-hmm. or a system that serves uh who i am and what, what i need to have happen for my life to be successful yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, wow, Dan. Thank you for sharing that, man, because I was just so intrigued. I'm like, I want to know what Dan's rituals are, what he, what he does when he wakes up in the morning. And I'm sure this, you know, as, as much as we try to keep to it, it doesn't always happen, right? It doesn't always happen every day. And it's about giving ourselves that permission that it's okay if it doesn't happen today, I'll just get back on it tomorrow, right? And yes. is that what you tell yourself when, when you have those off days? Yes, absolutely. And then I add, I've got some bonus days in there too. Like my bonus mm-hmm. days, you know, when I'm not in the office, like what I love to do, uh, Richard, is um, time with my wife is really valuable to me. Yeah. So a couple days a week generally, we'll take walks together. Wow. Right. Yeah. And for me, a walk is, med- is a meditative state. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, usually it, most of the walk we're holding hands or a lot of the walk we're holding hands and then we're just into silly discussion and jokes and you know nature and being out in the sun and it's just for me as a fast pace where I only know one speed mm-hmm. for me this is another ritual that uh, really is a powerful bonus yeah, on yeah. top of those bookended days uh, overall so uh, so that that's another one that that I that I like to add and then you know, designing, like, what is an ideal date? So another thing that we've got is that we've got set date night. So mm-hmm. for my kids, for my wife's uh, sanity and for mine too, <laughs> I schedule in the time, right? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, there's nothing worse 
and I speak from experience here, right? Which is, you know, how, um, how ridiculous is it that we get in business and we run businesses because we want freedom. Mm -hmm. And then we buy ourselves these golden handcuffs many times. Yes. Right. And it's our own doing, right? We create, we set up our own system to, to do this, but part of it is we think it has to be a certain way. So for me, you know, I didn't want to have any more situations or very few situations, Richard, where I had to look my kids in the eye and said, I can't attend your thing hmm. because I'm working mm -hmm. or, or make them feel worse uh, that they're second in my life or third in my life or fifth in my life. Right? So on Thursdays, for example, and Fridays, most weeks at about two 30 in the afternoon, I leave work, leave the office Mm -hmm. And I go spend the time with my kids and it's the rest of our day. Now I'll incorporate like when I put them to sleep, sometimes I'll jump back in to get some work done that I need to get done because we've got a big project or whatever. Yeah. But that time is for them. Most mm -hmm. weekends with my wife, like I said, we do these rituals where we're doing a walk in the morning, a couple, couple days of the week, etc. So I schedule date nights. I schedule time with my kids to make them a priority in my schedule versus giving leftovers to them. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Oh man, and that's that's what I love to hear, Dan. That you know, and I love that you brought up about the walking thing because I'm I'm kind of like you, right? The guys that I work with, they're like Richard only operates at one speed, and it's <laughs> only right. And then and then when I'm like, you know, when my girlfriend, she's like, "Let's go for a walk, honey." I'm like, "Why, honey? It's just so quick. It's a waste of time. Let's just do this." <laughs> it's and I'm sure this is what happened to you too when you're first starting out. Like you just have to train yourself and be like okay, I'm just going to be okay with just going slower and just enjoying this journey here. And it's, and, it, and it's that practice that you say, right? Once you get into it, then it's like fine. Yes. I love that. And we highlight that because so often it's all about the hustle. It's all about going faster. It's all about going as hard as you can. And there are times where you just need to slow down and you have to re-energize, basically. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Dan, this has been a really awesome chat and it pains me, right? Not the chest tightening pain, but like the, the emotional pain, like, oh, I, don't, I can't believe I have to do this, but we have to start wrapping up the show. Yep. And, you know, Dan, I mean, we usually wrap up the show with a few quick fire questions. Okay. And I want to ask this question that's one of my favorites, and I know that you probably have many moments here. It's what we call our time travel moment. If you could go back to any moment in your life, Dan, and talk to the little Dan and give him one piece of advice that you know now today, I'd love to know, when would you go back to him? What would you tell him? Wow, that's, a, that's such a powerful question. I think what I would go back is actually tell my 22-year-old self starting my first company mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. that enjoy the ride a whole lot more and everything will be all right. Mm -hmm. And focus on relationship capital mm. not on just growing a business to grow a business wow and just how powerful your words were just you just started making it rain here in sydney <laughs> we're raining with them and i love it i love it that's huge and that you'd go back to that uh the next question i have for you dan and you know is i know you've had a lot of coaches in your life and given lots of great pieces of advice I'd love to know, like, if there's one piece of advice that still sticks out to you, almost like, you know, in your life, almost day to day even, what, what's that one piece of advice that just sticks in your mind? One piece of advice that sticks into my mind would be 
you never know who you're going to impact. So always bring your A game. And I love that because it's so important. And I give it space because, you know, it's like this rule I have, Dan, right, that I tell some of my clients is, you know, Dan, when you post something out, it's a 90-10 rule. 90% of people see it, but they don't interact. They don't like it. They don't share it. They don't comment. And only 10% will actually comment and share. Yes. And then, you know, you focus on 90. You, you, they're, they're, you're silent. Right? They're silent. They won't tell you most of the time that you made an impact, but you know that you did. And I'm glad that you brought that up because that's so huge. Yeah, there's a power of one. Mm. It uh, really is. I love that. And then if I had to pick one other one, it would yeah. be what my dad shared with me when I was about eight years old. My dream was a kid was to play pro baseball. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, if you take the same desire and focus and apply it to anything, you'll be immensely successful. So, you know, if you're in a place where you're stuck or you're in a rut or you're dealing with some of the traps, mm-hmm. think back to a time when you, you know, were successful and you were passionate about whatever that might have been as a kid. Mm. And if you just take that same focus and passion and drive, especially that desire to be great, to master it, to get freedom, uh, to, to create systematization around it, mm. there's no limit to what you can, can get out of it. Dan, this has been an amazing chat, and I've loved so much about it. And we even get into learning more about your direct marketing tactics and stuff. And I think that just means we need to get you back on the show for another one. It'd be uh, a pleasure. It'd oh, be a man. pleasure to do that. And so, Dan, as we wrap up here, I mean, where's the best place people can connect with you and learn more about you and your work? I think the easiest is uh, if you want to learn more about what we're up to, you want to go deeper with our community, go to GeniusNetwork.com. We've got uh, our podcast there. Uh, geniusnetwork.com. Uh, you can also check out our show at growthtofreedom.com. Growth to Freedom. Bring in a lot of uh, experts. Richard, we're going to have you on the show. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, so growthtofreedom.com. Those two places would be great. Awesome, Dan. Man, it's been an absolute pleasure having you here on the show, man. So thank you so much for jumping on, brother. Absolutely. Thank you. Awesome, awesome guys. So this wraps up another episode of the Forge Your Life podcast here today with the man himself, Dan Cushell. And I know this, I know Dan doesn't want to keep this a secret. I don't want to keep this a secret. This is so important that we don't have more burnt out entrepreneurs who end up on the gurney, having troubles, having health problems, missing out on their family and missing out on life. So we need to share this out. So please go onto iTunes and share and rate the show so that we can get Dan's message and everyone else who's been on the show, their messages out there too. And of course, you can go to richardfood.com to grab all the show notes and resources that Dan has shared. And remember, guys, go out there, go live with love, go smash it. Let's see you again on the next one. You've been listening to the Forge Your Life podcast with Richard Fu. Remember to head on over to richardfood.com for more information and subscribe.